0: This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Do you find yourself juggling multiple websites and clinical tools as you care for your patients? NeoCarePal is a resource providing access to multiple clinical calculators in just one place. To learn more, visit NICUconnections.com backslash NeoCarePal.
1: This is The Incubator, a weekly discussion Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are joined with uh, Darren. Darren, uh, get closer to the mic. We wanna we wanna hear your voice. Um, tell us where you're uh, where you're coming from.
0: Um, good day, everyone. I'm coming from Pittsburgh. Very cool. University University Pittsburgh Medical Center.
1: UPMC.
0: UPMC. Um,
1: you had a very interesting poster yesterday. We were we were trying to do a Twitter Live, which was a debacle, right? Debacle is the right word, Daphne? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's. sounds uh, um, We did not have the right um, sound equipment to do a Twitter Live at and a poster session. Now we know. Yeah. We live and learn. Um, but we're very happy that you're able to drop by. We want to take five minutes of your time and see if you could uh, walk us through a little bit what you were um, presenting, specifically that that study on Nectotalis, because I think that... Uh, it's a very interesting paper.
0: Just saying hi to, uh, yeah. The, Troy. the pediatric
1: surgeon is uh, tormenting you now. Is that what's happening?
0: <laughs> he's the he's the main uh, co architect of the uh, the project. Ah uh-huh. So okay. you know, thank you, Troy. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come in and show them your beard? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so well. so so for us, it seems like uh, nectotalis means that's it. Maybe he has nectotalis. That's over. It's the end of the story and. Uh, we have to log this one in the mortality column and it's terrifying and we're terrorized by the prospect of nectotalis. But surprisingly your poster says maybe it is not a death sentence.
0: That's right. That's right. So uh, this uh, project, which is, uh, you know, really a big part of the children's hospitals neonatal database um, type of study. And uh, as it, as it has been titled, variability in survival of babies diagnosed with necrotizing enterocolitis totalis suggests there's a need for a change in the definition. Mm-hmm. And so we we know that the literature describes necrotalis as a historically lethal disease. And as you accurately said, when that diagnosis is made, we as a care community oftentimes recommend comfort care. Right. And so we found it very interesting when we looked back at about, you know, this is 10, 12 years of data, essentially, from 2010 to 2022. And uh, we have been able to verify that of 494 cases diagnosed with nectotarditis, you have 20 survivors for a diagnosis, which you should have like literally zero. We should have zero. Right. you should have zero. Because the name says
1: totalis. Yeah. So if it's all gone, you, this is not compatible with life.
0: Yeah. In fact, the manual of operations that we go by for the CHND, which represents about 45 to top tier academic sites, mm-hmm. sites across the nation, says that nectotalis is defined if the surgeon this that at the laparotomy deems that so much of the bowels involved that it is considered lethal. Mm-hmm. Other other uh, pediatric surgical journals will characterize it as maybe extensive patch involvement, such that survival is not expected. Mm-hmm. So even even the definition that the surgeons are using is not totally elucidated. Yeah, and we've gone back and forth talking with neonatologists and surgeons in our collaborative meetings, and uh, and there's a lot of subjectivity that mm-hmm. is is in a part of a. Uh, definition with with this uh, kind of approach because you know how do we really know what segment or length of bowel you need to be considered? not viable for life
1: right right there's there's some there's some there's some numbers that i've thrown out there but are they really evidence based have they been investigated and stuff that's that's really not the case
0: and when we from our poster what we're able to show we had a nice little graph where it shows with the 38 centers that had nectotalis cases and then you have uh 13 centers with survivors and you know you have about two or three survivors with each center having maybe uh, 10 cases right. per center. What is the approach that these centers used or uh, that might have been different from another center? We don't know.
1: Right. And I think the management of Nectotalis is probably very, is, is not probably, is likely very complex that involves um, transplants and involves a, a strong gastrointestinal team and a, and a strong transplant team. And I think, I want to be careful that well, we're, we're not, your poster is not saying that nectotalis is something that you survive and it's not really as lethal as we thought, but it it's still a very complicated pathology. But the numbers doesn't, do not show that it is 100% lethal. Yeah. And so if you had um, to, as, uh, we don't want to hold you up too much, but in terms of if we had to summarize what your paper is saying, the number of babies that do survive from the database that you're looking at, what is the number approximately?
0: Well, we have based oh, based on the database. Yeah, one percent. One percent. One to two percent. Yeah, but yeah. remember, but in the in the kind of our our uh, culture of moving towards comfort care in those cases, right? So, if we had active management, might those numbers be different? Yes, um, the the uh, I believe is Duliska and their team uh, produced an article. This is from the Nemours Group about. Uh, aggressive care for anectotalis and yeah. we talked about the outcomes being much different when we can offer um, aggressive care. I just, I just want to, to put a plug in for the ethics about it. Uh, we, we discussed a lot as a team about the progress of neonatology in the last decade and we are at a point with the improvement in neonatal care, the improvement in some of the bowel lengthening procedures when you have ultra-short gut uh, you know, five or less than 10 centimeters remaining. And, uh, of course, intestinal transplant. Uh, we, we believe that we're at a point where offering life-sustaining therapy is ethically permissible as opposed to our previous iteration where we just thought it was impossible and we said no. But mm-hmm. it should be permissible to have those joint discussions with families or for life-sustaining care, And if we could get past that acute phase and you survive, now we're talking to parents about these long-term challenges, which we're discussing here in Next society which could be quite broad and and challenging for, for for the families. But they want to hear it, and they want to be given the opportunity to walk that I road. mean, that, that's exactly right. The families, even if it's a 2% survival,
1: that means there should be a discussion and have a discussion about what it entails, transplantation and all that stuff, which is kind of poetic in a way because it's kind of also the way the field has moved from its infancy where we used to not resuscitate certain babies and then we're moving the needle along and now we can say, okay, now we're going to have a discussion about whether you, you would like to, to have resuscitation for a 22 weeker and, and this is the process with which we're solving problems. And so I think that, uh, you're highlighting so many good points on your poster. Number one, that we probably need to define nectotalis better. We need to have maybe a more objective, Definition, we need to have a uh, better understanding of the therapeutic options, yes, and then conversation with families, which I think goes back to the to the the mission of the next yeah. society
0: yeah, yeah, I think it's it's extremely important because the information is getting out there. parents are aware of some of these center specific differences, okay, so uh they can advocate for
1: yeah
0: being able to. Collaborate. So, my center, where I practice, we have big intestinal rehabilitation and transplant capabilities. And maybe a baby is not born there, right? But that should not preclude that baby and that family from the opportunity to have these uh, these remedies. um, If we can have better collaboration amongst us, and I think this is this is the next phase. Absolutely,
1: Um, Darren, are you on Twitter? I am. Okay, so we'll we'll make sure that to uh, to post the video and tag you, and then you can share the poster for other people if they want to take a look at it. How's that sound? I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much. Brian King was raving about you. He was mentioning that you're one of their best fellows. So uh,
0: Brian <laughs> King is. Uh, can I just say a plug for Brian King? Sure. We love him so much at UPMC. <laughs> um, the entire fellow class. Um, he's an amazing guy. Awesome, Darren. Thank you for thank dropping you for by. Your time. Thanks.
1: Thank you for listening to The Incubator. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of The Incubator and new shows from The Incubator Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nicupodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website, www.the incubator.org you can also message the show on instagram or x formerly known as twitter at nicu podcast thanks again for listening and see you next time this podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice if you have any medical concerns please see your primary care practitioner thank you